Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the book of Isaiah, and we're uh, coming to kind of a fresh section here where we're going to be introducing the first of what are called the servant songs. They're these little snapshots of the servant that God is sending. And there's some confusion in there too. We'll hopefully clear up some of that as well. But we're going to be in Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9, where we read this. Look at my servant, whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one, who pleases me. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. He will bring justice to all who have been wronged. He will not falter or lose heart until justice prevails throughout the earth. Even distant lands beyond the sea will wait for his instruction. God, the Lord, created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. And it is he who says, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you, and I will give you to my people, Israel, as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with carved idols. Everything I prophesied has come true, and now I will prophesy again. I will tell you the future before it happens. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I, I think uh, saying that this is a servant song is is pretty obvious. It talks about this is my servant, my chosen servant. The, the confusion comes in that in, in the following chapters, there is often this back and forth where God sometimes, or where Isaiah, God through Isaiah is talking about this singular servant, uh, like the suffering servant we see on Isaiah, in Isaiah 53, but sometimes we'll be talking about Israel as God's chosen servant. And, and so sometimes there have been debates in the past about which one is God referring to or which one is you know, Isaiah referring to in, in different passages. And, and one way to think about it is that Israel is uh, God's chosen servant, but Israel has, has failed in that role of service. And so God is raising up one, a singular one, um, who will be fulfill this mission that Israel had to be a light to the nations and, and be a blessing to all nations. Uh, and, and to even see that, you can see that the contrast starts here in the first of the servant songs, because God says, I'm going to take this servant, I'm going to present it to Israel. So obviously there is a difference between the servant that God is talking about and Israel as a servant. Um, but some things we can see about the servant, which I think are, are really important. First, we see that the servant is going to bring justice. And we've heard this before. We've seen justice as a very strong theme throughout from the beginning of Isaiah. But this justice usually has a kind of hardness to it. It comes with uh, judgment and, and condemnation, kind of tying in with some of uh, your sermon, uh, Dave. Um, but here it's talking about this justice being paired with this radical kind of gentleness. We get this wonderful picture uh, that I've often heard people quote this idea that you know he will not uh, uh, bru he will not 
<laughs> now I'm going to get the words right about a bruised reed and a smoldering wick. He'll not put out a smoldering wick or, or, or uh, break the, the bruised reed. There's this idea that there's this tenderness uh, in recognizing our woundedness. There's this real radical gentleness to this servant who is coming. And in fact, this passage, this these first four verses are quoted in Matthew 12, referring to Jesus's gentleness and how Jesus demonstrates the very gentleness that we would have expected uh, because God, as God says here, God is foretelling. God is unlike the idols that the, the people continually turn to. God can genuinely see the future and is sharing the future with them at this point, that this servant is coming, one who will not only bring justice, but will be radically gentle as well. Uh, Dave, I'm wondering what you see here in this passage, especially because I, I think we've gotten so used to the idea of the gentleness of Jesus that we we miss out on how radical this prophecy really was to say that the servant of Lord would be this gentle. Well, when you think about, you know, right now we're back into a period where there's just war all over the world. Uh, and yet in your and my lifetime, John, it's been some of the most peaceful time in history. And, uh, and so I, I think there was a, almost a an amnesia uh, collectively in our culture that set in about the brutality of war, right? I mean, truly the terror of war. Um, and that, you know, war is, it, it, it's, it's not sanitary. It's not uh, careful, right? It's, it's truly brutal and brutalizing. And, um, and I think we're seeing that again, you know, as we've seen these images coming out of Ukraine, some of the horrible things there, but much more so we've seen in the, the Middle East, right? Just incredible, heartless, dehumanizing brutality. And so when we think about that kind of injustice, right, that's the kind of injustice that the people of Israel have in mind. When, when they're getting taken over by Babylon and, and all these other foreign powers, Assyria, and what, when they're getting taken over by these people, it's not a uh, you know, kind of something that's being negotiated at the UN, right? It is brutal. The, this is long before the Geneva Conventions, long before Christianity introduced the concept of universal human dignity to the world. Uh, and so there, there would have been no hesitation uh, with just truly dehumanizing destruction in the course of war. And so I think as these people have seen that level of terror and violence, uh, you know, rampant among them uh, through multiple generations. I think then it's, is they're imagining the kind of person who would bring justice? Well, it's going to have to be, you know, an even bigger bully. You know what I mean? Like just more terrifying and more brutal. And, uh, you know, this kind of uh, one-upsmanship. And I think that that's, it's in that light that the idea that that God is going to send someone who will bring justice and he'll be gentle, right? That combination of the two, like how could that possibly be? And, and actually I think that's a real sign of God's overwhelming strength uh, because, you know, we've talked about this before, but, you know, if, if I were attacked by, you know, a mugger on the street, well, I'd probably have to fight you know, with everything I have just to, to, to stay, you know, stay alive if I'm going to try to protect my family and uh, all that, like, just because I'd be, it would take everything I've got. When my toddler attacks me, right, if she's tantruming or whatever, like, I can be so gentle with her while she's trying to 
attack me in a sense. I, I can hold her. I can hug her. I can, I can speak soothingly to her while she's screaming at me. Uh, and the reason is, is unlike with the mugger, I'm just, I'm, are the, the, the strength disparity is so vast that it doesn't take strength from me to, to be able to control her. And I think in that sense, we see both a story about the gentleness of God, right? The tenderness, but also the kind of unimaginable power that God has. Um, so I think that's the kind of the, the, the first thing I see here that is just gives you this, uh, just the sense of the, the, the glory of God. And, and then the fact like that that stuck out so much as this idea about who God, you know, the, like the identity of God, that then you're right, that Matthew, uh, you know, harkens back to this and, and is able to say in a sense, wow, look, here's, here's what we see Jesus doing. Hey, who does that remind you of? And, and there's that way that that's actually an evidence of the identity of Jesus. Um, I also, I just think it's interesting. The, uh, I was listening to you as you were talking about, okay, sometimes my servant in Isaiah refers to Israel. Other times it refers to Jesus in particular. And, and sometimes it'll refer to a particular leader, you know? So like, you've got to really be mindful about which one it is at any given moment. Um, but I actually think that, you know, there's a way I was just trying to put this together in my head as, as we were talking, but there's a way that, uh, God created humanity as his servant, right? We are his image bearers. We're commissioned in the garden of Eden to rule over all of the earth, to subdue it, right? And what we're supposed to do is manage it for its flourishing. But humanity fell from the very beginning. And we start to see all the ways that sin manifests. And so now God says, okay, within this broader scope of humanity, I'm going to choose a subset, right? The family of Noah. And then even within that subset, the, the family of Israel. And, and this kind of continual subset of who will serve. And, and these servants keep failing, right? They, 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 they do a little better and then they fail. And, and so it's one of these things where you, it's almost like this funnel is winnowing down from all of humanity to finally God has to come do it himself. And in the person of Jesus, he creates the proper, the true servant, right? The, the new Adam, the one who actually does what Adam should have done, uh, and, but actually does do. But then that funnel, it's more like an hourglass because all of a sudden now you get the, 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 the apostles at, at Pentecost who now all have the Holy Spirit. And then Peter talks about the church who all are going to share the Holy Spirit, right? This kind of global community it becomes as, as it goes out and out and out. And this hourglass that goes out and, and then finally one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I think that's that sense where, where he, God is going to bring back this healing to the world, right? Justice and, and genuine reconciliation in the nations, but it has to funnel down. Finally, Jesus can turn the tide and now it can expand back out until finally it reaches all people in all places. I, I just think of uh, how often um, people have had these experiences where one or both of their parents who are who are Christians did not display this kind of gentleness and meekness. 
and I'm reminded of a particular story one pastor was sharing where um, someone came up, uh, he was waiting like in the a line to talk to the pastor after the sermon. And, and uh, this person said, uh, she said, you know, I have to make a confession. I, I, I've been holding something against you. And he's like, really? What? And she's like, well, I saw you driving in your Miata the other day with the top down. And he's like, oh, you know, I, 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 I got that car for a steal. It was, it was used. It was She's like, no, 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 that's not it. It's like, I saw you and your son driving with the with the radio blaring and, and you were laughing and singing and having a good time. And, and it just, it really hit me that I never had that with my dad. My dad was so much not like that. And, and so I just was really jealous seeing that. And uh, th this pastor sharing that story, uh, put up this uh, picture, this painting called the laughing Christ, which um, we ended up getting a copy of after that, uh, just portraying this side of Jesus that a lot of people forget is really uh, essential to the character of God. We can really begin to think that God is just this kind of miser and this, uh, this judgmental jerk, really. Um, and, and sometimes we display that in our own spirituality. And so I, I, I see that as a, a caution that I want to constantly remember. Well, and I think then the call to us is trying to figure out what does it look like for us? What does it look like for me to bring justice with gentleness? Right to be able to to oppose evil without engaging in evil, hmm. uh, and I think that is this call, this impossible call that that is given to the church, given to Christians, that really truly would be undoable. It would be impossible, but for the power of the Holy Spirit in us and the unity of the church around us. And I think that you know those two realities. So yeah. Hmm. That that seems to be a challenge of every generation to to confront evil without becoming evil. That's right. Um, we well, Dave, would you pray for us? I think we're going to especially need prayer for that kind of a response. Indeed, let's pray. God, we need you. We always need you. And Lord, when we try to bring justice in our own strength, so often we just increase the injustice. And so, God, we pray for your Holy Spirit for your strength. God, I pray that we would be able to, to call out evil in a way that isn't evil. God, in a way that really demonstrates your incredible patience and love. God, I pray that you would give us your Holy Spirit. Make that real in us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today. And I hope that you can remember that God is gentle and just towards you. So be gentle and just towards one another. Go in peace.